Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Everyday Black History. Happy Friday to you all out there. I hope you had a a great week. I hope you had a stressless week, a productive week. As now we are here and it's Friday. If you don't have to work this weekend, I hope you have a nice weekend planned. Um, As you know, it's Valentine's Day this week during the weekend. And for a lot of people, it's a three day weekend. So if you don't have to work this weekend, hopefully you got a nice vacation or a nice weekend planned with you know, that special person in your life. And if you do have to work this weekend, like unfortunately I do, hopefully it's a productive weekend. Hopefully you can go to bed feeling like you accomplished something that's worthy to you. But um, as we are here and it's Friday, we just want to say happy Friday to you all out there. And since we're in still in the month of, of Black History, you know, we uh, continuing to celebrate Black History, even though we celebrate Black Black History every day here, hence the name Everyday Black History. Um, I just, you know, it is nice to see that more people do celebrate Black History during the month of February, even though we wish it could be all the time, as our history is so extensive, so vast, and you know, so varied. You know, it, it'll. I do love when people are, you know, giving shout outs to, you know, black excellence during the month of February, but just wish it was all the time because, you know, we deserve it. But, you know, here we are and we are going to continue to promote black history here on Everyday Black History. And on this episode, we are going to highlight a father and son who uh, were involved and who created the first black owned automobile company. And they actually com- competed um, directly against Henry Ford and the Ford Motor Company. And many people don't didn't even know that you know this their company existed. Um, unfortunately, during the Great Depression, it didn't you know it didn't get through the Great Depression. But for many years, they had a successful business, and they um, developed their business through the horse-drawn carriage um, days, onto the first automobile, and even. Um, building bodies for buses. So their business, you know, changed throughout the years. And it was the first black owned business, um, car manufacturer business of its kind. So we're going to start off with a man by the name of Charles Richard Patterson. And Charles Patterson was a uh, carriage maker, an entrepreneur, civil rights activist, and also the founder of C.R. Patterson's and Sons. And now he was born in April 1833 in Virginia. He was born a slave on a Virginia plantation. His uh, parents, Charles and Nancy, um, had 13 children, in which Charles was the oldest. 13 children. Wow. Now, there were conflicting stories. There are different stories on how he left the plantation. But he did end up living in Greenfield, Ohio, which was one of the stops on the Underground Railroad. Um um, but it's it's believed that he left Virginia right before the start of the American Civil War in 1861. He married a woman by the name of Josephine in 1865, and he had five children, uh, Mary, Dorothea, and Catherine, who were his daughters, and as well as two sons, uh, Frederick and uh, Samuel, who would soon join him in the family business later on. And we'll talk a little bit about them later on. Now, initially, he worked at a company called Dines and Simpson Carriage and Coachmakers Company, and there he learned um, blacksmithing. Um, he also later worked as a foreman for a local carriage making company called J.P. Lowe and Company. 
Now, later on, he formed a partnership with the boss of J.P. Lowe, the boss himself, James P. Lowe, who was a white man, and they formed the partnership. It the Their business still maintained the J.P. Lowe name, and this is around 1888. So the business still maintained the name, but soon uh, Charles brought out the remaining shares of the J.P. Lowe company and renamed it to C.R. Patterson and Sons Company to mark the inclusion of his son, Samuel, who joined the business with him. And this was in 1893. Now, uh, Charles was also, um, um, you know, involved in the local church, the Greenfield uh, AME Church, where he was a Sunday school teacher. And he also uh, fought um, against racial, racial segregation. When his son, uh, his oldest, his oldest son, Frederick, wasn't allowed to attend the public school, the public high school due to racial segregation, he uh, took the, the, the case to court and it was known as the Patterson versus the Board of Education and Highland County Court of Common Pleas. And he had the help of a local reverend at his, at his church. The verdict came back in April, in April 1887 in which he was able, his, which his son Frederick was able to um, attend the public school at Greenville um, High School. Um, so he was, this is one of the earliest court cases in which uh, uh, race, racial segregation in schools were fought. Um, and it was by Charles Patterson back in the 1880s. Wow. Now, uh, Samuel Patterson, Charles' son, who joined him in the business, he fell ill in 1897. And he died in 1899. So after he died, um, his his son, Frederick, joined, moved home to, to help out in the family business. Um, so Charles Patterson, he died in 1910, April 26. And then his son, Frederick, took a larger role in the, in the business and and, and, and um, decided that they needed to get into the horseless carriage business, the automobile business. And that's how they were able to expand and move into different directions. So Charles Patterson died in, in, in 1910. And, um, you know, then his son, Frederick, took over the business. And now we'll move over to Frederick um, Patterson, who he was born in 1871. And he was born in Greenville, uh, Ohio, uh, September 17th. And uh, he is known as the creator of the Patterson Greenfield Automobile, which was created in, and established in 1915. Um, he uh, was named after uh, Frederick Douglass, the abolitionist, because his full name is Frederick Douglass Patterson. And uh, as we mentioned, he was one of, one of Charles, Charles's five children, um, his oldest son. And uh, the Pattersons uh, and Charles and his wife, Josephine, cared a lot about education and they instilled the importance of education in their children, um, and, as well as, you know, and, and, and Frederick and Samuel in particular, um, you know, uh, went into uh, education as well as into business with their dad. And that was, you know, important at that time, especially because during those times, men were looked at to take care of the family financially. So it was important for them to go and get an education and to um, so that, that education furthered their, you know, furthered them in, in, in the family business. 
So Frederick graduated from the Green from Greenfield High School, as we talked about how his father had to fight in court so that his son can go to the school. So he graduated in 1888 and he went on to Ohio State University. And while he was at Ohio State, he actually played on the football team in his junior year on the 1891 Ohio State Buckeyes football team. And he was the first African-American to play on the uh, Ohio State football team. He withdrew from college in his senior year before graduating, where he took a job as a high school history teacher in Louisville, Kentucky. And it was a completely different career from the father, from his father's uh, business where, you know, him, his dad and his, his brother were already working. So I guess he wanted to take a different path. You know, sometimes it's like that. You want to take a different path and kind of create your own, your own path in life. But as we talked about before, when we was talking about Charles Patterson, eventually Frederick Patterson, you know, moved back home after his brother died and got into the family business. Now, after uh, Charles Patterson died in 1910, uh, Frederick saw a, a rise in the horseless carriages. And so he started um, developing, he saw the development of the first Patterson Greenfield car that was completed in 1915, as we talked about. And his two styles competed with Henry Ford's Model T, which was like the first known automobile, which is one of the first known automobiles in America. And their cars, their models, um, um, Frederick Patterson's model um, of cars sold for $685. And as we said, he was the, they, was the, they were the first African-American, he was the first African-American to own and operate a car manufacturing company. Because when his father was running the business, they were doing, you know, horse horse drawn carriages, which was, you know, the mode of transportation at the time. But this was the first black owned car manufacturing company. Now, they after producing somewhere between 30 to 150 vehicles, they had some difficulty uh, getting financing for expansion. So they decided to change the business and rather than compete head on with, you know, a major De Detroit industry, you know, like, you know, Ford, they decided to change the direction of their business. And in 1920, they uh, changed the name of the company to the Greenfield Bus Body Company, in which they built bodies for trucks and buses that they set upon, you know, a chassis made by other manufacturers, which is a common practice that happens today. A lot of these big trucks that you see, you know, uh, they have a different chassis and then like the Mack truck will build the body and put it on a, a chassis that another company makes. So this was a practice that they were doing um, back back then in the 1920s, uh, Frederick and, and, and the, um, and the uh, Greenfield Bus Body Company. They were already doing this back then. Um, the Great Depression had a devastating effect on the company as it did with many businesses at, businesses at the time. Widespread financial problems caused a lot of customers to cut back on their bus orders, so it affected the business. And um, Frederick died in 1932. So, um, and January 18, 1932 was when he died during the, at the beginning of the Great Depression. And so his son took over, um, Postel Patterson, who had worked with him because it was a family business. And, you know, he kept the business afloat. Uh, up until 1939, 
And that's when he had to close the business in 1939. And unfortunately, there are no Patterson Greenfield Auto automobiles that are known to exist nowadays. There are some uh, C.R. Patterson and Sons company carriages that are that survived. I don't know where, but it is said that there are some that survived um, to this day. But um, I don't, I don't, we don't, I don't know where to find those, but. Unfortunately, there are, are no uh, Patterson Greenfield automobiles that exist to this to this day. But uh, Frederick Douglass Patterson were, was, you know, he was, you know, just like his dad, he was involved in the National uh, Negro Business League, which was founded by Booker T. Washington. And that was a uh, organization that was founded to promote the interests of African-American businesses. And, you know, they were... You know, father and son was was big on on, uh, you know, promoting, you know, African-American businesses just like Booker T. Washington was. But as far as the the C.R. Patterson and Sons Company, they, as we mentioned, they were the first black owned automobile producing company. And even when Charles Patterson was running the company, they uh, were successful as a as a um, horse drawn carriage making company because. And in, in by the turn of the 20th century in 1900, they were producing 20 different horse-drawn carriage styles and included buggies, backboards, serrays, and the popular doctor's buggy. Now, I know we don't know what these are because that's, you know, these are so old school. But if you ever watch those old movies from like the old west or whatever, you'll see those horse-drawn carriages. And that's the kind of stuff that uh, 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 C.R. Patterson and Sons made before they got into the automobile industry. And they had 50 employees at their peak and they were able to manufacture approximately 500 horse-drawn carriages a year. As mentioned, this is before they got into making automobiles. But, you know, Frederick Douglass Patterson was able to see where the industry was going. And he was able to, you know, get in early on on starting to make automobiles um, you know, at the time when the Model T was becoming popular and replacing horse-drawn carriages. So September 23rd, 1915 was when the first uh, C.R. Patterson and Sons automobile was assembled. And it was a two-door coupe. And um, so that so I, it, it would have been interesting to, to see something like that on the road. But um, yeah, they were the first Black-owned automobile a car manufacturing company. And it's just important that, you know, people know that there was a black owned car manufacturing company that existed because, you know, many, many people don't know that. Many people don't know that, you know, these guys actually had, you know, what, it, you know, actually had the guts to try and take on the uh, Ford Motor Company, which, you know, was already, you know, revolutionary with the Model T. And they found success because their company, you know, they went on for years, even though the, the company closed in 1939, the company was founded in, in, in 1888, you know, with the, part, with the partnership uh, between Charles Patterson and James uh, P. Lowe in 1888. By 1893, it was C.R. Patterson and Sons. It was completely black owned. And they closed it in 1939. So for for several decades, they were in existence, and and they were making, they were doing well. So we have to applaud that, you know. And uh, that's one of the things we wanted to highlight on Everyday Black History today, because that is black excellence. So Charles Patterson, 
uh, Frederick, you know, Douglas Patterson and Samuel Patterson, we want to uh, salute you for your contribution to black history and black culture and being the first black owned uh, automobile company. And, 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 you know, just, you know, want to salute the black excellence that you um, contributed to black culture and black history. So that concludes this episode of Everyday Black History. We just, as mentioned, we just wanted to put out some content and just talk about some history that's not well known about our people and what we contributed to um, to existence, um, which is which is so much. But uh, as mentioned, hopefully you all enjoy the rest of your weekend. It will be coming at you with more content. So stay tuned for the next episode.